0: But I always tell people there's two prices you pay. You pay for speed or you pay to make all the mistakes, procrastinate and likely not do it at all.
1: Hello, welcome to another episode of Get Your Fill, Financial Independence and Long Life, where we explore ways to achieve those two goals. And people come help us because people are so generous. We have Jorge Contreras, and he is a real estate investor. He's an Airbnb coach, and he is passionate about helping people create time, financial, and location freedom, with Airbnb and real estate investing, which are not always the same thing, so we got to talk about that. He retired at age twenty-nine, and he became a millionaire by thirty because you don't want to screw around, right? Once you want, once you retire, you just want to get right to the millionaire status. And now he earns seven figures with his Airbnb business. Jorge, thank you so much for being with us today.
0: <laughs> thank you, Christine, for the opportunity. Excited to uh, connect with here with you, and hopefully share some valuable golden nuggets for all these uh, up-and-coming entrepreneurs.
1: I'm sure you will. And uh, the first thing I want to say is that I wish I was you. You know what I mean? Like I took it took me so flipping long to figure this whole thing out. How did you do it so fast?
0: You know, they say that success loves speed. And um, the way I was able to speed things up is by standing on the shoulders of my mentors. And so it really started in 2015 when I became a student at the Rich Dad Company. and just to kind of preface this, you know, I was born in a in a household with two uh, Mexican immigrant parents who didn't have any education, like they never went to school, like period. They, they had to work since they were little. Um, a lot of the businesses that my dad and mom did, they were like illegal, like they were selling drugs when I was seven, smuggling people into the US when I was 10. My dad was like in and out of jail. And so like long story short, I had like no foundation for like entrepreneurship in any legal ways or like investing. Um, so there was no way that I could become who I become today by just staying around the same environment and the same friends and family that I grew up with. Yeah. So I knew that if I wanted to create a different life, I needed to surround myself with different people in an environment where they had already done it. And then I could just do it right. Like they say, you're the average of the five people that you surround yourself with. So in 2015, I became a student at the rich dad, poor dad, real estate education company, and had a multimillionaire mentor. Her name is Mary Jo Wilson. She was my one-on-one coach. And then of course I had all the group uh, coaching, learning like all the various strategies of real estate, but that's really what accelerated my growth, Christine. Is I got to spend three days, eight hours a day with a multi-millionaire who owned millions and millions and millions of dollars of real estate, was in uh, incorporating multiple strategies, and it literally changed my life. It like I feel like it shaved ten years of me trying to figure it out. But more than anything, like the mindset that she taught me, because up until then, I had that Dave Ramsey mindset. And I would send my mortgage payment. And in addition to it, I was sending three to $5,000 a month to the principal. I was on track to paying that house off in the first eight years. By the time I would have been 32, it would have been paid off. And on that day one, she said, Jorge, why are you doing that? I said, because I want to become financially free. And then she said, honey, that's not how you do it. <laughs> I was like, well, what should I do? <clears throat> and, she, and then she taught me the difference between good debt and bad debt, she's like, bad debt takes money out of your pocket. Good debt puts money into your pocket. Bad debt are things that depreciate in value over time. And good debt are things that appreciate in value over time. She said, if you want to become financially free, what I would do, and then she literally pulled out a white 8x11 sheet of paper, broke down the numbers, and shared to me how I could do a refinance cash out and pull out $160,000 tax-free. She said, I want you to take that money out and go buy two more houses. and That conversation right there, what I shared over the last 75 seconds is literally why I became a millionaire within two and a half years after that conversation, because I started buying more real estate in my area. Properties were appreciating 14% year over year, and it just compounded. And now here we are on this podcast. (laughs) Isn't that awesome?
1: Just, but, you know, first of all, I would argue that your parents are definitely were entrepreneurs. <laughs> they mean, were, <laughs> right? I, mean, I just had definitely. to extract
0: the entrepreneur part and be like, all right, just do it in legal ways. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
1: that's awesome though, because that's, you know, that is totally where I went wrong, you know, cause I just thought, oh man, this is my calling. I'm driven to do real estate. It's all going to work out so well. All I have to do is show up and buy a property. And like, I had no clue. And, but you were like smart enough to say, you know what, if I don't want to sell drugs or smuggling illegal immigrants, I better learn something. So let me just go talk to an expert. And that's so smart, like shortcut. I was probably even more than 10 years, right? You would have paid off your mortgage. You may never have found this. Because you would have been like, oh, I've paid off my mortgage. Now I only have to make, you know, $50 a month. So I'll just do what I love and having a great life, you know, and then you'd be bored by the time you were 40, you'd be slitting your wrists in the bathroom, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, and she told me, she said, look, yeah, you might pay off your house by the time you're 32, but you're still going to be stuck in a rat race. And what about all your other bills? What about travel? What if, what about when you want to go to like nice restaurants or drive a nice car? And I was like, you know what? You're right. She said, you need to just focus on building enough cash flow that can pay for your living expenses. And even for things that you want to do, like vacations, eat out, get a nice car, get enough cash flow that it just pays for your lifestyle.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Someone said this, I heard this somewhere that like money is a liquid asset, so you have to keep it flowing, right? You just keep it flowing, <laughs> comes in, goes out. You just like, right? It's just yeah. beautiful.
0: That's yeah, sure. I remember someone, I don't know if this this might, if this will translate good, but somebody told me one day that money is almost like like being in a relationship with someone. Imagine if if you're, you know, most people, when they get money, they just put it under their pillow and they're safe or in a bank account. And they don't like, they don't move the money. And it was like, imagine if you had a, a girlfriend or a boyfriend or husband and wife, and you just kept them like in the closet and just never took them out, right? They're going to leave you like money does not like that. And that's why right. there's this... uh it's it's the velocity of money. Money loves to be around, right? It's like when I got that first property, I did a refinance cash out. I'm sorry, I bought it with an FHA loan, yeah, uh, in 2012, and then you know two years later, uh, all the money that uh, I would have been paying the mortgage, I never had to because I rented those three rooms out. I had, the property was four bedrooms. I rented three rooms out that paid for everything: principal, interest, taxes, insurance. Two years later, I built a new house in the back. Two years later, I pulled out one hundred and sixty thousand and went and bought two more houses. And then I did house hacking on those two houses, turned each one from a single family to a two unit, and then and then turned them into Airbnbs. And it's just, I'm always moving the money from one area to another, and, and that's what money loves. It loves to be moved, like like the ocean. It's just yeah, take constant. it out to dinner, right? Show it exactly. off exactly. <laughs> take it out to dinner, court it, treat it with respect, love take it. it. For okay. a rat. <laughs> yeah, if you appreciate it and use it wisely, you will attract more of it.
1: Absolutely, that's so true. That is absolutely true. Love that. So tell us now. You don't own all the properties that you do Airbnb on, right? Tell tell us like so right. how your how your life works now and how you help other people.
0: Sure. So right now we have a portfolio of eighteen units. We have uh, eight that we own, seven that we sublease, and three that we manage. And uh, yeah, you know, I kept posting on like social media uh, over the last. I started six years ago posting on social media. That's when I started my YouTube channel, started posting on Instagram about I was just documenting what I was doing when I would be launching Airbnbs and assembling bunk beds. I would post it and I would even say, hey, if somebody wants to come help me and learn in the process, I'm going (laughs) to order, you you know, pizza on me and you get to learn documenting and sharing and uh, that, that led me to like, people kept saying, hey, can you teach me how to do it? Teach me how to do it. And there was a lot of people that I like, I wouldn't charge them. I would just teach them how to do it, but then they wouldn't do it. And then I heard someone say like, well, that's you because pay, those, pay uh, those who pay, pay attention. I was right. like, oh, <laughs> so then I started charging for it. And now people had some skin in the game. And then I started people seeing people create results. So now, you know, five, fast forward five years later, we have an education company called The Real System where we teach people how to start Airbnbs with or without owning real estate with the principal purpose of replacing their nine to five. And then the secondary purpose is to help help them create long-term wealth.
1: And that's the dream, right? Living the dream.
0: Yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's, uh, it's just, it's very, very, um, you know, rewarding. And I always tell everyone like, my goal for you guys is to own as much real estate because they're not making any more of it, right? It's scarce. That's how you're going to create long-term wealth. Right. That said, many of you might not be in a position, like most people need two to four Airbnbs to replace their nine to five. And most people don't have two to four properties uh, you know, worth like of down payments money. and closing yeah. costs and furniture. Like you're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? right. To go replace your nine to five. but. You know, if you go with the arbitrage model, you know, and and you launch Air, each Airbnb with like 15K, you could actually just, I always tell people just, you know, come up with the money for the first Airbnb and rather than spending the profits, reinvest the money from the first Airbnb to launch the second one. And then use the money from those two Airbnbs to launch a third one and the money from those three to launch the fourth one. And then boom, in less than 18 you know, months, you, if you executed this correctly, there's a high probability that you could have replaced your nine to five.
1: Fantastic. You know, so people say to me, when I explain this to people, rental arbitrage and how this whole thing works and stuff, a lot of people are like, why wouldn't the owner just
0: do it themselves? That's a great question. First, let me talk about what rental arbitrage is and then I'll Please. talk about yep, Why they wouldn't do it themselves. Yep. So rental arbitrage is the, it's a it's a process where we get permission in writing from a property owner to use their property as a short-term rental. And then we launch it on platforms like Airbnb. And If I'm paying a landlord, say, $3,000 a month, and I can generate $6,000 a month on Airbnb, obviously, minus some expenses in the middle, the difference is going to be my profit. And why wouldn't landlords do it themselves? They wouldn't do it themselves for the same reason that when you go to a barbershop or a hair salon, typically, the people who own the real estate don't own and operate that hair salon or barbershop, or when you go to a nail salon, or if you go to a restaurant, right? Most of the time, the person who owns that land, who owns that real estate, is not the owner of the business. And that's because most real estate investors, they just want mailbox money. They are not in the business of wanting to do something that is heavy operation, right? Like barbershops, nail salons, restaurants, Airbnbs, they are a operation intensive business. And you have to know how to hire, how to delegate, how to automate, how to build processes and systems and SOPs like You literally have to like know how to run a business. And if you look at 95% of the US population are employees, which means they have an employee mindset, only 5% of people in the US are self-employed or business owners. And even part of that 5% who are self-employed, they still have an employee mindset. That's why a lot of people that think they have a business, they just have a job because if they stop working... money stops coming in, right? That could be realtors, loan officers, or any business, you stop working, you go on vacation for a month, and money stops coming in. That's not a business, that's a job. So like, there's probably only about two or 3% of the US population that can actually go on vacation for a month. And the same amount of money comes in. That being said, the vast majority of these uh, real estate uh, property owners don't have an entrepreneurship mindset, they wouldn't even know where to start. You know, when it comes to how do you design it, the decor, the furniture, the photography, the marketing, the description, like you have to learn, like you have to know about branding, marketing, sales, building a team. It's a lot of work. So hopefully that answers that question.
1: <laughs> well, and plus Airbnb has its own little
0: quirky things, right? Exactly. The whole review process oh,
1: yeah. and making sure like how you get to be a super host and all these kind of things that really give you an advantage. And it might not even be that they don't have uh, you know, that they have an employee mindset. They might just be like, They've got so much money. Why should I care? Right? You give me the 3000. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to worry if the cleaner is going to show up. Right. I mean, it's just all easy. Yep. Absolutely. Whether it's to you or to a long-term tenant and you're taking the risk because if for some reason somebody doesn't come or whatever. So speaking of risk, um, did you have any impact during the pandemic?
0: Yes, absolutely. So for March 15th, I still remember to this day when the NBA shut down, I was like, uh-oh, something's really happening here. <laughs> and uh, what was it? They called it the two-week curve. Is that what they called it? There's I, don't a know, I don't remember. Yeah, It not remember. Like <laughs> I blocked the,
1: it out. <laughs>
0: yeah, it was like a two-week curve. So we're going to shut everything down for two weeks, which that was a long two weeks. What was it was like two years. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, from March 15th <clears throat> to about April 30th, and I apologize, I'm still getting over a cough here, but uh-huh. I, from March from March 15 to April 30th, it was really bad, really bad for six weeks. What Airbnb did, which we all thought was super unfair, all reservations would, had the ability to get canceled, yeah. and everyone got a hundred percent refund. And so the ones that, you know, kind of got the short end of the stick were landlords and you know Airbnb people who were subleasing, yeah. because we had to come out of pocket. Um, but then after, you know, May 1st and moving forward, it started to really pick up again and actually like 2021 was one of the, actually the, the best year and 2022 actually was really good as well. But yeah, 21 and 22 were the two best years in the short-term rental, uh, industry because, you know, even though there was a lot of people that didn't travel as much by plane, it created an increase of people that began traveling by car. People started realizing that to have a great vacation, you didn't—you no longer had to go on a plane to a different country, and stay at an expensive all-inclusive resort. You could just book an Airbnb thirty minutes away from where you live, where you could fit ten of your household—you know, ten of your uh, family members. <laughs> you know, yeah, in a in a four, five, six-bedroom house that has a pool, a jacuzzi, a game room, a barbecue, and you can have a great experience at a fraction of the time. So the staycation experiences in short-term rentals have really Uh, really taken off.
1: And not only that, I think people were more comfortable staying in like a single family situation Mm -hmm. instead of a hotel where you don't know who's coming and going from your room. You're going to pass a lot of strangers. So I had, and and what happened with me, I had two properties in the White Mountains and usually March is a terrible month because the ski areas are kind of closing down and not much going on up there, but th- these people were from the city. So they had these small properties and they're like, shit, everybody's home. I got to get, I got to get out of here. I got to get to a place where there's more bedrooms, more space. So I can work over here and you can work over here and the kids can run over here. And and so my places where they would have just been maybe weekends with people skiing turned into full months. People rented for like six months at a time because they didn't want to go back home and be cramped in their little space. So
0: that's true. We we had a ton of people Like we have a lot of properties around the downtown Los Angeles area Mm -hmm. There's so many people that at the time, you know, 2020, even up until now that live in like one or two bedroom apartments and they don't have all the amenities or the space or the social distancing. And so they would literally book our houses that have the pools, jacuzzis and game rooms, even if it's just for two, three days, just to get away. And again, have a great experience with their family that they couldn't have in their apartments.
1: Yeah. It's fantastic. And are you seeing, you know, you're talking about the jacuzzis and the, you know, the pool tables and all that kind of stuff. Is that something that you typically recommend that people put into their properties now?
0: Absolutely. I've always said that people travel for two reasons. One, you might have, you know, you might be going to the, you know, Christine, uh, Christine's, you know, real estate mastermind, right? Um, And people who are going to your mastermind might just stay at an Airbnb And they're not going to be at the Airbnb. the whole. They just need somewhere to sleep and shower. They're going to be at Christine's Mastermind, but they booked it because of the proximity. And the second reason people book Airbnbs is they're not going necessarily anywhere. They just want to have an experience there without needing to actually go anywhere. And when you combine the best of both worlds and you can be near the downtowns, the convention centers, the beaches, the theme parks, and your property has those amenities, the pools, jacuzzis, and game rooms, then for sure you become like one of the top 1% of Airbnb properties in the area.
1: Yeah. Cause that's the secret, right? (laughs) You can compete on price or you can compete on amenities and which one's more fun.
0: (laughs) Exactly. So yeah, definitely we are playing a game of whoever has the best and most amenities wins right now. Yeah.
1: And what kind of advice when people are just getting started, what kind of, I want to say like mindset issues, do you see or mindset barriers do you see commonly with folks who are like right? Because if we're not already millionaires, there's a reason, right? I mean, you just got right to it. I'm going to be a millionaire who can show me, who can teach me, let's go. Other people are like, oh, now I'm 43 and I don't know what to do and (laughs) crap, you know, what's going to happen, right? What kind of stuff do you see typically?
0: Yeah. First thing I would say is like, it's never too late. My property manager, who's also my best friend, he's 58 and he just got into Airbnb like maybe about 18 months ago. And now he has uh, 18 Airbnbs, like not like just on his own, you know? <laughs> and, and he didn't start until like, again, being almost 60 and he's making great money now. And uh, just, just you know, he just living, living his greatest life. So first of all, it's like never too late. The other thing I would say is sometimes people say, well, Jorge, what if it doesn't make money? Like, does that mean I just got to come out of pocket? Well, we, just like when you're buying or selling properties and you look at the comps on the MLS, the comparable sales, we have a way that we can use softwares like AirDNA and with AirDNA, you can go in there and they have a little section called the rentalizer. You put in an address of the property that you want to launch and it's going to spit out the revenue and occupancy and nightly rate based on similar properties in that area, similar in bedrooms, bathrooms, square footage, amenities, and location. So if you see that the property you want to buy or sublease has the potential to generate, say, 80000 over the next 12 months, and your rent or mortgage payments are going to be 40000 for the year, then it's a no-brainer, yeah. right? But even if that did happen, let's say it actually happened and you were losing money, best thing you could do there is you could convert the property into a you know bring in a long-term tenant that would pay that fair market rent you would break even every month if you're paying 3000 a month in rent and you rent it to someone for the next 12 months for 3000 a month you'll break even and at the end of your lease you could collect your deposit walk away and go on to your next venture right that's really the worst thing that can happen and breaking even is not bad at all
1: right yeah and obviously that's not the ideal scenario cuz the guy could have just leased it himself but you at least <sighs> you'll learn from it, right? You'll say, wow, yeah. what did I do wrong? Why didn't I make money on that property? And sometimes it's just a matter of, let me look at the other ones. Oh, I guess my stuff looks a little shaggy compared to what they've got. And I didn't put, I didn't listen to Jorge and put the amenities in that he recommended and I didn't bother to, right? Get into that sort of, I'll just save some money here and see what happens. And then you end up not yeah. succeeding.
0: Yeah, but I always tell people, You know, you could could do it on your own, but I I think one of the problems today is a lot of people feel that if they do it on their own, they feel like they're saving money. But I always tell people there's two prices you pay. You pay for speed or you pay to make all the mistakes, procrastinate, and likely not do it at all. And not doing it at all or, or taking longer, going through the learning curve is actually way more expensive and costly than just paying someone to teach you how to do it because that strategy I mentioned earlier that Mary Jo taught me, within two and a half years of where I was to becoming a millionaire, my net worth in that time frame exceeded over five hundred thousand in two and a half years. The mentorship I paid for was thirty five thousand. If I had not started with that education company, it wouldn't have cost me thirty five thousand. It would have cost me the half a million that I wouldn't have made. Exactly. And people. Over, they overlook what it costs you to not do it correctly, to not have the the, the proven blueprint, right? So again, like if somebody out there wants to become a, a real estate investor or have a brokerage or be a successful agent, right? They should come to Christine and be like, Christine, you've been doing this for a while, you're successful. Here's my credit card, like that is the <laughs> best. <laughs> Yeah, like I don't care how much it costs because not doing it is going to cost you more. It's going to, you know, being at a nine to five where eighty-five percent of the U.S. population is unhappy, eighty percent of people in the U.S. are four paychecks from being broke, and seventy percent of people in the U.S. have less than a thousand dollars in their savings account. So, not doing this and not having the right blueprint is way more costly.
1: It's so true, and it's it is. It's easy to look and say, I mean, I can give you, you know, I've spent a long time accumulating mistakes and I could tell you so many times when I thought oh I'll just save money on this thing and how it screwed me even well we don't have to go there but I I want this coffee machine that I want for my new I I create I'm creating a co-working space and the coffee machine I want is 15 grand and it's You know, that's a lot for a coffee machine and I don't even know where I'm going to put it exactly. So I'll have to reconfigure my kitchen and there's a long list of things that they want you to do. And I can't find a a person in my geographic area who even sells them, but nevertheless, so I bought a thousand dollar one, which is still a decent machine, but you know, that thousand dollars is going to go out the window because I'm eventually going to buy the $15,000 models, right? So just do it right away. Save the, save the thousand bucks. But yeah, much worse examples than that, including like the first time I ever purchased real estate. Took me like three years to get my credit back. Took me, I never, you know, I mean, you could say I never got the money back, but if I would have just talked to some human being who knew more than me, they would have said, don't buy now. This is a stupid time to buy. We're at the top of the market. Tomorrow afternoon, it's going to start crashing. Oh no, that's okay. I'll buy it anyway, right? I mean, there's so many, you just don't even have a clue of how many things you don't know. So do you really need to make every single mistake yourself? Call Barhead no, no. and say, dude,
0: help me <laughs> out, man. you <laughs> doing wrong. And it doesn't matter. Like, like if you want to start a construction company, go and find someone who made a million dollars in 2022 and just give them your credit card. If you want to start a barbershop, go find someone who has five barbershops and give them your credit card. Right. It's it's like the best thing you can do because, again, uh, figuring it out yourself costs way more and takes longer and I've always just been a big fan of just find someone who has the results and the outcome that you desire and learn from them.
1: And you're buying time,
0: and which you is the one thing
1: money. we don't have enough of.
0: Yeah, they're not making any more real estate and you can't make more time. <laughs> so buy real estate and buy other people's time.
1: <laughs> you know, it's Brian Tracy, who I don't know if you listen to him at all. He's a motivational speaker. His whole career started because he was, you know, sucking at sales. He's like, man, I just cannot sell anything. And he just went to the smartest guy, you know, the guy in the company who's doing the most in sales and just said, hey, can I take you to lunch? And picked his brain and then just did everything the guy said. And then other people. So the the question is, why didn't every person who worked at that company go ask that guy? Because they're like too busy hating on him right? Oh, that guy. Oh yeah. Oh, he's it's so lucky. They give him the bus territory and people do that. Right. It was like, what's this hatred for the 1%? Why don't you just go talk to the 1% and say, hi, <laughs> could you just teach me how to do what you do? Sure. You know, that's most that's people up. are trying to teach.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So that's what I say. It's gonna, you might, might as well just find someone that can help you, uh, get things done faster because, I'd rather, you know, now we're in a place where we get to travel as often as we want. Uh, my wife's, you know, stay at home. I'm staying at home. Even my office, <laughs> in my backyard, after this podcast, I'll go hang out with my daughter. Might go for a swim in the jacuzzi, even though it's 50 degrees outside, but the water's hot. Like we get to just actually raise our kids uh, rather than someone else raising our kids because we have to work. And unfortunately, that's like, you know, 95% of people, um, Someone else is raising their kids because they have to go work to put food on the table, and it's just unfortunate that they're missing out on all those moments that are special and unique, and and they're just missing out. But I believe that entrepreneurship, when done correctly, is the key to time freedom, which is the thing that everybody wants.
1: Absolutely. So Jorge, what kind of questions? Sorry, what kind of like podcasts or shows, or what kind of? How do you keep yourself current? How do you keep your knowledge flowing in?
0: Yeah. So like right now, I'm a part of like four masterminds, which is a lot because it does require a lot of travel. But it's just amazing because I'm con- I'm constantly surrounded by just A players, like entrepreneurs who are operating at a whole other level than I am. Therefore, there's always room to grow. It makes me feel un- like it makes me feel uncomfortable in a positive way where it's like, wow, there's so much more to go and the leader whoever's facilitating these masterminds obviously they're at a whole other level they're leading everybody else so that's how I stay sharp is by surrounding myself I still remember when Mary Jo one of the things she said is Jorge if you can't change your friends change your friends and so I've changed my friends and now my friends are these people that I'm meeting at these masterminds who are all making millions of dollars while impacting you know thousands or hundreds of thousands of people in the process so that's how I stay sharp and I also have a I have the YouTube premium subscriptions like ad free because I'm using, I'm listening to YouTube all the time, whether it's podcasts, I'm um, listening to people like, like Tony Robbins, like Les Brown, just entrepreneurs, motivational speakers. I listen to a lot of Jim Rome and I'm always just staying sharp. I also, you know, in order to like, in order to attract the right people into your life, you first have to let go of the wrong people into your life. And in order to attract the good things into your life you have to close out and shut out the bad things in your life so personally i don't have a netflix subscription uh, i don't watch tv and i don't even listen to music and it might sound kind of extreme but that's how serious i am about my life you know i'm very serious about my life i only got once i got to make it count so when i'm driving i don't listen to music i don't even i don't even know if the radio station still exists i'm always 100 listening to a podcast. Or something on YouTube about personal development, mindset, real estate, entrepreneurship, you know, buying businesses, mergers and acquisitions. Like I'm that's how I stay sharp, is I'm always learning every day.
1: Yeah, that's so smart. And it's so what you said though is very it's very key that you have to let go of these people because let's imagine that you didn't. Let you just you made some money. And you just kept your same friends and you'd be like making more money than them. They might make you feel like a little bad about it. And you might be buying them shit because you wanted them to like you. Or I mean, not that you would do this, but you know what I'm saying? Like if you're in a crowd where money is not really respected, where money isn't made, you're not getting new ideas and you already feel like you've arrived because you're making 20 bucks a week more than everybody else. Right.
0: Yeah. You
1: always want to be, you know, someone's better than you. You want to be with people who are better than you because they're going to pull you forward.
0: Exactly. So, you got to do it. You got to surround yourself with people. What do they say? Uh, uh, feathers of a bird flock together. Yeah. Um, that's how it is. You become the average of those five people. So you just got to get around people who are already doing it. That's like the number one thing you can do. Definitely
1: fantastic. So Jorge, I mean, I guess we could sit and talk philosophy all day, but <laughs> why don't you give us like some more? Is there anything else that you want to tell us about? how to get started, like people who are just kind of playing with it, that they really want to get going. What do you recommend?
0: Yeah, the three main things uh, when it comes to like subleasing, I know that's like the opportunity that most people are looking to get their feet wet and get started, get their foot in the door. Uh, One, you want to contact the local building department of the city that you want to start an Airbnb in and ask them what their short-term regulation is to confirm if you can get a permit. And only launch in cities where you can get a permit. You want to stay away from the gray areas where they're not issuing permits, but you can still do it because if they implement a regulation, it may not be in your favor once it's there and you don't want your business to be short-lived. So make sure you can get a permit, only launch where you can get a permit. And the regulation is not by state or country. Um, and in most cases, not even by counties, it's by city, right? So contact the city. Number two is look at air DNA to look at the projected revenue. And that's how you make sure you don't lose money. And number three, uh, 100% of lease agreements say no subleasing. So you have to make sure that you speak to the property owners or managers or the agent involved. Let them know you want to do a short-term, let them know that you what you want to use the property for and get permission in writing in the lease agreement that you your name has permission to use this property as a short-term rental and to change the locks. Because I get messages on Instagram all the time People will say, "Hey Jorge, I'm getting evicted from my sublease," and it's like, "Well, hello, you should watch my <laughs> podcast with Christine, <laughs> <laughs> right? You know." And so, I, I don't. I I want to build things that are sustainable and scalable. I don't want things that are going to be short lived. So, always get permission in writing. Do those three things, and you're off to a good start.
1: Definitely, yeah. Don't try to skate under the radar, <laughs> for sure.
0: Exactly.
1: <laughs> Excellent then- advice. So all right, what, what do you wish I would have asked you that we haven't touched on? What is, is there anything else you really want to feel compelled to share?
0: That's a great question. Um, I think we covered a lot. I would just say that, you know, what stops most people from taking action is not the knowing the strategies or the tactics. Like it's always mindset. And your mindset is shaped by, you know, your, your upbringing and the people that you surround yourself with. And so if a lot of the people that you're around are like nine to fivers who are complaining and whining that they don't love what they do. And, you know, they don't like to work out and eat right and all that stuff. Then guess what? Like you're just going to become more of that. And again, your mindset starts to really elevate when you surround yourself with people that are operating at levels that you want to operate. But more than anything, guys, focus on mindset. I would recommend reading the book, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That's how I started with the book. And then I went to their education. And another great book is The One Thing, And then if I can give a third one, um, I would say uh, check out, um, those are my top two. I don't want to give you guys too much. Check out those two (laughs) books, start there. And you can check out my book, actually. This is a great book. It's a bestseller on Amazon. It's called Breaking Through. And it is a mindset book. And again, before going into the strategies, you need to upgrade your mindset. So check out those books. And then after that, if you guys want some more help, you guys can message me on Instagram.
1: Excellent. Yeah. So that was my next question is how can people best reach out to you, learn more about you? And we're going to put all these links on the show notes, but just please, if you want to know immediately, tell us. Yeah.
0: So yeah, my Instagram is at, and then it's uh, the T-H-E, and then my name, Jorge Contreras. So the Jorge Contreras, uh, no underscores, none of that. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for the opportunity. I was so great being here and uh, this was awesome. Appreciate that.
1: Oh, thank you. Jorge. It's been fantastic. You're, you're really fun to talk to.
0: Thank you. And I'll see you guys soon.
1: All right. Thanks. And thank you for listening. I know, you know, somebody who would thinks it would be better to have lots of money than not somebody who <laughs> thinks it'd be great to take their money for a ride, for a drive to a restaurant for on vacation and have a good time. So I want you forward this episode to them and let them elevate and they will thank you for it. In the meantime, have a great week.